If you would, take your Bibles and turn to Psalm 84. Psalm 84, we're going to look at three verses. And the title of my message tonight is One Day to Live. What if you were told you only have one day? That's it. One day. Well, in Psalm 84, beginning at verse 10 there, down through verse 12, David writes, For a day in thy courts is better than a thousand. I had rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God to dwell in the tents of wickedness. For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The, the Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly. O Lord, o Lord of hosts, blessed is the man that trusteth in thee. Now, Father, again, I just ask for your help, your power. God, help me to preach with authority. And then I pray uh, for your filling of thy spirit and also for that, uh, for every listener here. God, that they'd be filled with your spirit to be able to hear, understand, and apply the truth they hear. For we ask this in Jesus' name, amen. Verse 10, David writes there, for a day in thy courts is better than a thousand. Now, again, think about that question I, or that phrase mentioned earlier. If you only had one day, you were told all you have is one day to live. What would, um, what would you do with that one day? Maybe you would spend it doing something that you've always wanted to do and, uh, but never had gotten the, the chance to do it, like going skydiving. Wouldn't that be something to do with you one day, right? And uh, maybe you would uh, choose to spend it with family and friends. Maybe you would have some other uh, uh, you know, thing that you'd want to do. Maybe you fantasize doing driving a race car or something, you know. And you, you, or perhaps you would, it would be spent as every other day. Uh, that last day that you had. Now, in this verse here, David seems to be considering that thought if he only had one day. And he comes to the conclusion that one day spent serving God is better than a thousand days doing anything else. I thought, wow, what a great perspective David had. And, uh, and I, I think in this verse here, David... Uh, 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 clarifies that this is the most important thing in his mind is serving the Lord. And if he only had one day, I believe that's exactly what he would choose to do is serve the Lord. And so if, if I only had one day, how would I spend it? Um, I, I think I, I would like to be able to say along with David, yeah, I, I'd want to be serving the Lord. Now, wouldn't it be great, though, even if none of us know how many days our days are numbered, we don't know how many days we have on this earth. But wouldn't it be great that if the Lord was to return, and it could be tonight, it could be this week, we don't know that for sure, but wouldn't it be great that when he does, he finds us being him? Rather than, um, you know, being indifferent, uh, apathetic, rather than uh, doing something we ought not be doing. And... Now, it's, again, it's not going to have any bearing on whether or not we're going to heaven, whether or not we're going to be raptured out of here. If you're saved, you're going to be raptured, but, boy, uh, what shame there will be for those who are not really looking for his return, who are living in uh, sinful ways. But I want to look at these three verses here and think in that thought, if I only had one day. If I only had one day, 
this is what I'd like to be able to say. I, I would want to be found in my place. I'd want to be found in my place. Again there, uh, verse 10, for a day in thy courts is better than a thousand. I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than to dwell in the tents of wickedness. So I would rather be in my place of service. David tells us that he'd rather be the lowly doorkeeper in the house of God than to enjoy the wealth and luxury of evil. In other words, David says, I'd rather be found serving the Lord than serving the devil. And I'd say amen to that. I'd rather be found serving the Lord than serving the devil. The Bible makes it clear that every saint of God has a very special place of ministry, of service uh, to the Lord. If you would, again, just keep your finger there in Psalm um, 84 and go back to the New Testament, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And I want to just uh, point out a few verses here. This is talking about all of us have a, our place of service. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And look with me down at verse 7. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 7. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. For to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom, to another the word of knowledge by the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another the gifts of healing by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another diverse uh, diverse kinds of tongues and to another the interpretation of tongues but all these worketh that one and the same spirit dividing to every man severally as he will and again we could go through that entire chapter and see that uh, all the various uh, gifts that God has given out at, at places of service all of us are to have a place of service uh, to the Lord and while some positions are more visible than others none of them are of any less value in the eyes of God if you are doing what God wants you to do that's the greatest thing the most important thing that anyone can do and so um, don't don't think because it doesn't have the limelight or it doesn't have the attention that other positions may that it's of a less value and it's it of course it's not the greatest thing that anyone can do, any of us here tonight, is to know the will of God and do the will of God in the power of the Holy Spirit. The greatest thing a man can say is that he is being faithful to the task that God has called him to do. Now, if I only had one day to live, I'd want to be found in my place of service, serving God and doing what the Lord has called me to do. Now, David just wants to be in the door where he can look in every now and then and see uh, the Lord at work. And then secondly, not only in my place of service, I want to be found in my place of surrender. That's where God wants us. I mean, this is where we ought to desire to be found. The words, you notice that uh, David says, my God. I was taken back to Psalm 23 where it says, the Lord is my shepherd. But here he says, my God, all of his things, uh, you know, he, he says, it seems to infer that I, I have complete devotion to God. And uh, 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 David is saying that he wants to be found in his place of surrender, surrender to the perfect will of God. Now, in other words, he wants to die on the battlefield. 
Remember I mentioned Billy Sunday this morning, how he wanted to be uh, racing into heaven, you know, not just crawling. And, and, and that's the way David is saying, I want to be found fighting for the Lord, serving the Lord, surrendered to his will, uh, die on the battlefield, uh, and serving the Lord who sought him and bought him, who, who saved him from sin and destruction. Now, if I had just one day to live, I'd want to live surrendered. I'd want to be found surrendered to the Lord, uh, Lord's will for my life. There's no higher calling than simply being what the Lord wants you to be. No higher calling. When the Lord is my God, as David says he is his, all of his things, that is all of God's things, will become precious to me, will become important to me. Uh, and, I, and I want to be near God all the time um, if he is truly my God. Then in my, uh, not only in my place of service and surrender, but also in my place of satisfaction. David's telling us by his decision that he believes the Lord's worst is better than the devil's best. And, and how true. You, you think uh, there's actually for you and I, Christian, this is the worst we will experience on this earth when we get to heaven boy that's that's going to be wonderful beyond our our wildest imaginations but uh, uh god's worst and i don't even know if you can even call it that but uh uh it's definitely uh better than the devil's best let's put it this way the worst that we will experience on this earth because we're saved why uh it's still better than the devil's best all the devil can offer is just maybe some pleasure in this world and, and some things that um, are not lasting. For he himself is going to be doomed to uh, the judgment of the lake of fire. And so uh, I think this is the thing. Surrendered believers, Christians, you and I have an insight here about the devil's apples that he offered. Um, you know, it's kind of like, uh, what was that, Snow White, the witch offered her the apple, a beautiful apple. But you and I know the devil's apples are full of worms. The world hasn't, they don't know that. You and I do. You and I know the devil's a great advertiser. He's great at, at uh, making something look really good that in and of itself is evil and destructive. But, um, so he, he's a good salesman. But we know there's worms in those apples he is offering. And, and so we, we understand the only thing that can truly satisfy is a relationship with Jesus Christ. Nothing is more satisfying than serving God, being in the center of his will, knowing that, that you're doing what he wants you to do. There's nothing more satisfying than that. And so if I had one day to live, I'd still want to be found in my place serving God surrendered to his will and then um, this a place of satisfaction knowing that nothing this in this world uh, can offer me any more satisfaction than what I have with the Lord so then not only would I want to be found in my place as I believe is what David is saying here but also look at verse 11 again I believe we uh, can say here that he wanted to be found enjoying God's provisions Verse 11, again, for the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. 
No good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly. So David is saying, I want to enjoy, one of his provisions is his presence. The presence of God. David calls, did you notice that he called the Lord, what star did he use there? He called him the sun, right? He called him a sun. And like the sun above, the Lord is, is ever with his children. And in Hebrews 13, 5, we're reminded of that, that the Lord told us of that promise, he'll never leave us nor forsake us. But like the sun above, the Lord is ever providing comfort for our journey here on this earth. Isn't it amazing? It could be freezing outside. But if the wind, especially if the wind's not blowing, and it's a sunny day, you can go out and you can feel the warmth from that sun. A little bit of sunlight uh, will begin to melt the ice off the roads. And, uh, and, and that's the Lord. The Lord is always with us. I, I don't know about you, but I never wake up in the morning and say, I wonder if the sun's going to be, uh, we know we may not see it, but we know it's there. I wonder if the sun's going to go out today. No, I have never really worried about that at all. I haven't lost a wink of sleep because of that. But, and that's the way it is with God. We know even more than the sun that he's always there. He's always with us. He does provide for us as we're on our journey. He does give us warmth and guidance and, and lights our way. And just as the sun delights the hearts of men, so the Lord delights the hearts of his children. We enjoy his presence. Isn't it great knowing that wherever we go, whatever we do, the Lord is there. The Lord is there. Uh, you think about these, uh, and I always love to read about these uh, pioneers, these men that went west and where no man had ever gone before. You know, that's the way they, they were thinking. But God had already been there. Most of them, you know, American Indians had been there as well. But God had been there way before any man had been there. And so there's nowhere we can go where God has not been and where God will not go with us. And then also enjoying his protection. The Lord, what else did David call him? The sun. He also called him a shield. Um, just as he provides warmth and light for our journey, he also provides protection. Isn't that great to know? That no matter where we go, no matter what we face, we have God Almighty with us. And he's going to be protecting us uh, and uh, 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 you know, providing that protection for his, his own. The psalmist tells us that the angel of the Lord protects us. Go back to uh, Psalm 34. Look at one verse there. Psalm 34 and verse 7. Psalm 34 and verse 7. Here, the psalmist says, The angel of the Lord encampeth round about them that fear him, and deliver them. Well, we have that army of angels that are uh, commanded to protect us, to watch over us. And of course, the Lord himself, he, we never get away from his gaze. Why would we want to? So he is above us to give us what we need. He, he is all around us to protect us on the journey as we live our lives here on this earth, the journey toward heaven. Not only that, not only is he in front of us, leading us, he's behind us, he's got our back, he's all around us, but he's also beneath us. If we fall, if we stumble, he's there to catch us. Uh, we can go no further than in the very hand of God. And so praise God, he's got us protected all the way around. That's better than uh, being in one of those uh, 
bubbles, you know, we, you, you protect you from all that. Uh, I, have you seen some of the things that people have suggested to keep them from the virus these days? I, I saw one I thought was kind of neat. It was a restaurant, I think it was in Russia. They had these little glass globes, uh, like a dome. And so they had tables, individual tables in the dome. So you had your own little private area. I'm sure that was very pricey, but it was uh, kind of neat. I don't know what good it would do. I mean, uh, still the waiters and waitresses are going in their dome, but uh, nonetheless, people are, are wanting to be safe. They're doing all kinds of things. But listen, Christian, we can be no safer than in the hands of God. And God's got us protected in every angle. Um, so thank God we are kept by his power. He keeps our soul. We're saved, saved forever because of God. 1 Peter 1, 5, who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. So we uh, want to be found in his presence. We want to be found in his protection, uh, trusting in his protection. And it, it, also, number three here, his promises. So now uh, David tells us that the Lord will give grace and glory. Back to Psalm 84 here. And so this is a, a twofold promise for every child of God. You and I can claim this twofold promise. We are promised his grace while we travel, while we journey on this Christian life of ours, and his glory when we arrive at home and home in heaven. So there is help for today for you and I as a Christian, and there's hope for tomorrow. Um, and, and, and that hope, it's not something doubtful. It's, it's a sure thing. We have that hope in God, that hope of uh, a home in heaven. And so God is simply promising you and I, Christian, that he's going to get us home safely. We don't have to worry about it. What we are to, are to do while we are alive here is to live for him, to do his will. But we don't have to fret and worry about, uh, well, I don't know if I'm going to make it. I'm not sure if I, I've done enough things. No, we never can do enough to get to heaven. That's why we need to rest and, and rely and to trust on what he has already done. So his promises, and then one more thing, his plenty. Boy, enjoy God's provisions. He has provided his presence, his protective hand, his promises. The Bible's full of promises. And then his plenty. So here we're reminded that the Lord delights in providing for the needs of his children. Um, now, you know, I find that, uh, that, that to be true even in my case. It's always a delight. It's always a joy in being able to provide for my children. Now they're uh, older. And, but, uh, and to be able to uh, give, you know, at this time of year we give gifts. And to be able to give some gift that our grandchildren will enjoy. And uh, we don't, you know, we're not going to go give a rattlesnake to uh, Micah. He might like that, I guess, for a little while. But that'd be a dumb thing. We, we want to give him a gift that he'll enjoy. And so we want to give something that will help him. And, and the Lord obviously wants to do way beyond that for you and I. So uh, here we're, we're reminded that God takes delight in meeting our needs. Luke 12, 32, it says, Fear not, little flock, don't be afraid, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Boy, God wants to give us the kingdom. We are a child of the king. Fear not. Then we must remember as a child of the king, we must remember that whose we are. 
We belong to God. And we're the, uh, his children, the sheep of his pasture. Listen to what it says in Psalm 100. If you're not far from there, look over there at that verse. In Psalm 100, verse 3. Psalm 100, verse 3. Know ye that the Lord, he is God. It is he that hath made us, and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his, his pasture. So one reason that we have the troubles that we have, one reason that we worry like we do and we fret is, is that we have forgotten who we are. We have forgotten whom we belong to. We are a child of the king. We are one of his children, sheep of his pasture. He has given his only son to die for us. Don't you think he'll want to take care of us? He's promised he would. So we are the Lord's people. We are his responsibility. You could put it that way. Matthew chapter 6, verses 24 down through verse 33. We won't take time to read those verses tonight, but there pretty much says that. Don't worry. Don't worry about, uh, you know, finding clothing for your back or the shelter and for all those things because God promised he would take care of all of those things. He will bless your life. It is... It is simply a matter of you and I learning to trust him and uh, to rest in him. God said he would take care of me. God said he would provide my needs. Now, I just need to trust him and believe him, take him at his word. So if I only had one day, if I only had one week, again, that may be true for any of us here tonight. We don't know. We may not have another day. But uh, if, where would God find us tonight? Would he find us in our place of service and surrender? Would he find us enjoying the provisions that he's provided for us? Really, Christian, if you and I are fearful all the time, if we're worrying all the time, it means that we're not trusting. And it means that we have not, we're not in that place where we're enjoying what God has provided for us. And let me give you my last point. This is where I'd want to be. This is where found sharing God's promises uh, you, you know wouldn't it be great that if the Lord was to return we all would be right in the middle of leading that person to Christ and then we'd all be raptured together I thought that would that'd be a neat way to go um, again we don't even know how if the Lord uh, does not come within a certain period of time we may all face death that's true but uh, it's it's something to think about uh, that could happen and wouldn't that be a great way to be found at least actively, consistently striving to share the gospel the lost world around us? Now, this psalm here closes with the psalmist praising and exalting him. Look at verse, verse 12 again. O Lord of hosts, blessed is the man that trusteth in thee. And so here... Uh, in, in doing so, he reminds us that genuine happiness, it, it, it can be produced only by placing one's faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. You, you and I will never find happiness in this world. We may find an, a degree of happiness, but we can never find that peace that passes all understanding, that true joy and happiness that the world longs for without Jesus Christ. And so this, this speaks of a life that is yielded, a life that, of someone who is walking by faith, walking in true faith. The person who walks in faith 
is a person that's blessed. A person that has learned they can count on the Lord. And knowing that the Lord will show himself strong uh, in their time of need. Uh, again, I take you back to Matthew 6, 33, where, where that verse says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things, things we have need of, shall be added unto you. So we can trust him. And like the psalmist, God's people need to be in the business of spreading the good news. Uh, that, uh, that having faith in Jesus Christ indeed pays off. Uh, look, we have a lot of people in our day today in our society who mock Christianity, who uh, act as though they despise Christianity. But let me tell you, one day, all those attitudes will change. Wouldn't it be great if they changed before it's too late? One day, every knee shall bow, every tongue confess that he is Lord. But for some, it'll be too late. It'll be too late. You, you imagine right now in hell tonight, there are true believers for sure. They believe. They're praying maybe for the first time, but it's too late. What a sad thought that is. But listen, spread, we need to spread the word that having faith in Jesus Christ, boy, it pays off in a big way. Not just the, the time we're going to be in heaven. That's, a, that's all we had, praise God. But even right here, right now in this life, best there's no greater life that you and I can live than a life that's sold out to the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, our job is to share the gospel of grace with a world that, that has been uh, sold under sin, that is sold under sin. If I only had one day, I'd want to spend it telling someone about him. I hope that will be our desire. So if you knew that tomorrow would be your last day upon this earth, how would you spend it? God help us. To, disp to spend our days, whatever remains of our days, however many days or years what we have left, for his glory. To spend it serving him, living for him. Blessed, day, uh, day, or yes, David says, blessed is the man who does so. You want to be blessed? You want to have victory? Oh, serve the Lord. Live for him. You want to uh, have, uh, uh, live life to the fullest. That, as John puts it, that abundant life. Well, it's not going to be found outside of living for Jesus Christ. Live for him. Let's bow our heads together in prayer. Our Heavenly Father, as we come tonight, our hearts are, are moved by David's, just his zeal for thee, his love for you. Hey, he'd rather be just a doorkeeper in your house than do anything else in this world. He saw the value of living for you. Lord, I pray that our hearts would be stirred and that we too would see the value right here, right now, not only for ourselves, but also for our families, for our friends, all the impact that we would make if we would just live for you the way you want us to, to be what you'd want us to be. So our desire, our prayer is that we would be just that. God, we offer ourselves up to you and trust that um, you will use us however you see fit. If there's someone here tonight that maybe needs to come to this altar and just maybe rededicate their life, I pray they would do so. Could be someone here tonight that's struggling with their salvation. May they come tonight and get it settled. Right at the invitation, as soon as the piano plays, may they come. Your will be done, for it is in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.